you have your Bibles, you might want to turn with me to the Old Testament book of Habakkuk for just a brief time. And we're going to look at a verse there for the next few moments and look at it at other passages of Scripture as well. The same words. The just shall live by faith. Those words in the Bible were first spoken in the book of Habakkuk. Now, if you haven't read the book of Habakkuk or studied it, um, it is a wonderful book. We studied it Wednesday night in our time together in Bible study. And um, it's a really interesting book in as much as it begins this way. The prophet says, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? And he is very discouraged and despondent and in despair over what's happening. He has a conversation with the Lord. It reminds me of that song, Just a Little Talk with Jesus Makes It Right. Anybody ever heard that song? Well, he had a talk with the Lord. And then by the time he was finished, here's what Habakkuk had to say. In chapter 3, beginning at verse 17, he said, Though the fig tree may not blossom, that's bad news. Nor fruit be on the vines, that's bad news. Though the labor of the olive tree may fail, that's bad news. And though the fields yield no food, that's bad news. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, that's bad news. There there be no herd in the stalls, that's bad news. That sounds like a whole lot of bad news, doesn't it? But after saying all that, he says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high hills. That's not the high hills that women wear. It's mountains, you know, the high places that he goes to. So he learned a very important lesson there after communicating with the Lord in prayer. I would suggest to you that if we communicate with the Lord during times of difficulty, we'll learn some things too. Some very important lessons that will be life-changing and helpful to us. As we go to chapter 2 of Habakkuk, in verse 4, there is one line, one phrase that I want to read. And that's going to be the focus of our sermon for what time we have together today. The last line of verse 4 says, But the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. How many have ever heard those words before? I think probably everybody has. That is a very popular phrase. Um, Probably historically, it's it's a very important verse because it's the phrase of Scripture the passage of Scripture that Martin Luther um, had his eyes opened one day. Martin Luther, as you know, was a Catholic priest, a monk, and and, um, trying his best to please the Lord, and he felt empty inside. Felt like he wasn't getting anywhere, and he he just didn't feel like he he was where he wanted to be with the Lord, and he still had the, the guilt and the feelings of inadequacies and so forth, and so... He was reading and studying the Bible when he came across that verse in the New Testament. The verse that says, the just shall live by faith. And we're going to read those verses in just a few moments. It changed his life. 
He realized all of a sudden that his salvation was not dependent on this long list of do's and don'ts that he had been given and told about, but that there was a life-changing something that happened on the inside of him and his salvation depended on what Jesus did for him on the cross, not about what he could do for himself. That's a very important lesson for us to learn as well. So today... Our Through the Bible Sermon Series brings us to this passage of Scripture in the book of Habakkuk. It's a fascinating book. I just, I love it. But this gem, these few words, but the just shall live by his faith. This precious truth, this gem, is what we're going to focus on today. Now before we delve into that passage, I would like to say just a few things from the Scripture about what the Bible says generally about faith. Most of us probably know these things, but I think they bear repeating since we're going to launch into this discussion that we're going to have for just a few minutes this moment. In Hebrews chapter 11, we read a passage of scripture that is um, very important concerning faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, but without faith, you help me out here. But without faith, it is impossible. That's exactly right. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I would say faith must be pretty important. If without faith, it's impossible to please him. The same chapter says in verse 3, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, everything we look at today at some point in time did not exist. God made everything that was made and he made it out of nothing. God created everything that is and before he created there was nothing. He created everything That exists today. He's the maker, the creator. He's God. Romans 12 verse 3 tells us something about faith. I want you to listen to this very clearly because this is critical to what we're talking about today. Romans 12 3 says that God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. I'm going to say that again. I want you to think about that. The Bible says that God has dealt to each one A measure of faith. You and I and any other thinking, conscious person, any any human being that that has a functioning mind, the, the Bible says that we have been given a measure of faith. That is, we have the capacity to believe in God. God created us with the capacity to believe in Him. Not only a capacity to do that, but actually um, kind of a leaning towards that way. The Bible says you look at the stars and the sun and the moon and the heavens and all that is, and the Bible says that you're without excuse. Just when you view those things, there's enough evidence of God there that we are without excuse if we choose not to believe and follow God. So He has given with us into us the capacity to believe a measure of faith. The Bible says God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So don't say, well, I just can't believe. I can't believe. I can't believe. 
Yes, you can. God has given you that capacity to do that. It's just a matter of choice now for you to recognize the truth of God's word and accept what he has said. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9, I want to read that briefly because this, uh, this kind of gets down to where we live, actually. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In other words, we've been born again. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. He's got great things in store for us. It's not going to fade away. It's reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God. Through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. How many of you have learned the truth that is once you give your life to Jesus, that does not mean that difficulties and troubles cease in your life. We still, our faith is tried, correct? And so the Bible says in verse 6, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, that is, the salvation of your souls. Boy, we don't have time to unpack that today, but I wish you'd go home and do it. Because that verse is full. But what I wanted us to understand was we're going to have difficulties and trials. Our faith is going to be tried. When our faith is tried, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. The Bible says it's more precious than gold that perishes. There's a reason for it. And we can even be found to praise, honor, and give glory to the Lord and rejoice in Him with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, even in the time of the trying of our faith and our trials. Wow. That's, but that's how powerful faith is. So, faith, I was thinking this morning, I wrote this down. Faith doesn't guarantee everything you want, but it does give you the ability to persevere to the end because the object of your faith is God and the end of your faith is the salvation of your soul. So we can have faith. God says we can. And without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Now, a moment ago, in Habakkuk 2, verse 4, we read this phrase, the just shall live by his faith. That same quote is found in three places in the New Testament. That makes four places in all in the Bible you read those words. Those are the only four places. And Habakkuk was the first one to have said that. The just shall live by his faith. I'm going to share the next three with you in the New Testaments in very short form, give you the context of each one, and I want you to see how that verse can affect us in our lives. The first time in the New Testament we find those words, the just shall live by faith, is in Romans chapter 1. Turn with me there if you would. In Romans chapter 1, Paul is just introducing himself to the Romans. He's never been there before. He has desire to go there. There is a church there. There are Christians there. And now he writes them and he says in verse 15, So as much as is in me, 
I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Notice, Paul wants to go to Rome, and when he gets there, he wants to preach to them the good news. Then the Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. How many of you believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that Jesus died on a cross for our sins, that we could be born again and forgiven, have our names written in the Lamb's book of life and be on our way to heaven? How many of you believe that's pretty good news? That's excellent news, isn't it? So he says, I'm not ashamed of that message of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, but also for the Greek. And then in verse 17, he says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. And then there's that quote, The just shall live by faith. So he talks about sharing the gospel with a lost and dying world. It's good news. He wants to make sure that they have that good news. It's, it's a life changer when you come to Christ. And just as soon as he says that, he goes into this long dissertation about God's wrath on unrighteousness. He talk, as you read that passage, the rest of that chapter, he talks about things like homosexuality. He talks about um, all kinds of vile and wicked behaviors and things that people have done and they've forsaken God and they've turned their back on Him and they don't believe and they're worshiping idols and they're doing all these things. You can read that in chapter 1 of Romans. So what we have, the context is this. Paul knows he's writing to a people who need God. He's writing to a people who need the message of the gospel. They are wicked people. They're unsafe people. They're unredeemed people. They need life. They need forgiveness. They need hope. They need the gospel. They need the good news. So in that context, we read those words, the just shall live by faith. Notice, the just, and I'm going to, I'm going to reword that to emphasize it a little bit differently. The just become righteous by faith. Is that true? Is it not true that you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved? Is it not true that you have to, to accept what the Bible says about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection? And when you repent of your sins and do what the Bible says, you can become righteous. And it's by the, by the faith in what Jesus has done. If that's true, tell me amen. amen. So this passage in Romans 1 when it uses that phrase, the just shall live by faith. See, because you, before you get saved, the Bible says you were dead in trespasses and sins. Right? You were dead in trespasses and sins before you were saved. When you get saved, we say you get born again. You have new life. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. So obviously in this context, that verse of scripture is being quoted from Habakkuk by the apostle Paul. And the application he gives it here is the just become righteous by faith in what Jesus has done. If that's, if that's clear to you, would you just say amen? Now we go to number two. Number two, the second time in the New Testament that verse is shared is in Galatians chapter 3. Turn there with me if you would. This is an interesting passage as well. And I'm just going to give you 
a, a quick rundown of the, the background so we can have context here. Galatians was written to a, um, by Paul to the church at Galatia, to Christians. How many of you know that not every Christian who starts well finishes well? Sometimes Christians get off track, right? Well, many of the people in this local church had gotten off track because they had come to Christ, accepted the good news of the gospel, been forgiven of their sins, accepted the grace of God and been made, been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's how that works, right? But now they had kind of left that forgotten about what they had believed and they've gone back now and they're keeping the law and they're going by all these rules and they're forgetting where salvation really came from. So Paul had to write to these people who were leaving the gospel. They were leaving the good news. They were leaving what would really work for something else. Paul says in chapter three, verse one, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? That you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. And he goes through this next several lines and verses there talking about there's only one gospel. Don't leave the gospel and go to something else. Don't put your hope for salvation in any other thing but the blood of Jesus. Because number one, the first time we read about the just shall live by faith in Romans 1, it had to do with coming to Christ and being made righteous through the blood of Jesus. These people have already been made righteous according to the blood of Jesus and trusted in Christ. And what are they doing? They're going back. And so he says, why? This makes no sense. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Clearly Jesus Christ was portrayed as crucified among you. This I want to learn from you. And he starts talking about how they're departing from that and going back to the law again. And in that context, in verse 11, he says, but that no one is justified... By the law, in the sight of God, is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And there's those words. And then he goes on to say in verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, In the first context I gave you, the first passage, it dealt with how to become righteous by faith. Now we're reading in Galatians, it's, it's how the, how to stay righteous by faith. Because you have to abide in that same calling where you started. You have to abide trusting in the blood of Jesus. Listen, we will never get righteous enough, holy enough, spiritual enough, or mature enough that we can make it to heaven without Jesus. Where we started and how we were saved is how we're going to have to finish if we get there. We have, we have to have the just shall become righteous by faith. That's how you get saved. But then the just stay righteous by the same thing. The gospel of Jesus Christ and trusting in the Lord Jesus. You don't go to other things. Listen, you never outgrow the cross, folks. 
You don't graduate to anything that makes you better or more righteous than the cross of Jesus does. When he hung on the cross and he did what he did there, when he finished, he said, it is finished. It is done. I have finished. I have done what needs to be done. All you need to do is accept this and live in it. Trust me. Have faith in me. And then keep my word. So the just stay righteous. There's a difference in becoming righteous when you become the Christian. And then now you got to stay. You know what? Christians have to live like Christians. Right? It's not just... The night 40 years ago when I gave my life to Christ, that's important. It's about all that time since then. Am I still trusting? Am I still believing? Am I still confessing? Am I still walking in the light of his word? So it is faith in Christ, not only that will bring me to Christ and help me to live, but it is also faith that will help me stay in my walk with him and a walk of righteousness and holiness and please him where he can say one day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Let me ask you this question. Is, is the Lord going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant to everybody who's gone to church? No, there's a passage in scripture which clearly teaches that because Jesus looked at a group of people and they were saying, uh, he said, Jesus said to them, why do you say to me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? And and they couldn't figure out why in the world. He even looked at a group of people and he said to them, I never knew you. Why, Lord, we went to church. We gave in the offering. We sang in the choir. We cast out devils, they said. They gave a whole resume of things that they had done. And the Lord said, I never knew you. Listen, folks, going to church no more makes you a Christian than being in a garage makes you a car. Amen. Now, Christians ought to go to church. I saw on a sign one day, and I've been thinking about putting it on our sign out there. If I did, it would say this. Visitors, welcome. Members, expected. That's a good sign. Christians ought to go to church. Amen. And other people we need to invite. We shouldn't have to beg Christians to go to church. And so, we're talking about this faith now. The just shall live by faith. We we got saved by faith. We became Christians by faith. But now, faith also has a role to play. As You know what? I, I have been puzzled for years. Because every time I start studying about faith, it leads me into another word, which is indistinguishable from faith. And it's the word faithfulness. You can't have faith without being faithful. And if you're faithful, you're going to have faith. Well, faithful means you become consistent and dependable and... Ooh, it's getting quiet. (laughs) See, faith will teach us how to live and what to do as a Christian. Because people are watching, aren't they? We are the light of the world. Where the softer the earth, people are watching, they're listening. We can talk about how important Jesus is to us and his word. But I'll tell you, our walk needs to match our talk. Amen. And it has to do with staying righteous. The just shall 
live by faith how we live every day. The final passage in Hebrews 10 opens up another perspective for us perhaps. In Hebrews 10, if we begin reading in verse 32, just for context again, Hebrews 10, 32, But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. Could everybody say struggle? Could everybody say sufferings? All right, we're getting the context here. A great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations. Ooh, trouble. Tribulations, troubles. And partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me in my chains. Chains would not be pleasant there, folks. And joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. That didn't sound good either. Knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. That's what we were just talking about. We've got to persevere. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep living this life, experiencing this faith. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. And in the midst of that discussion about persecution and hardships and troubles, we read this verse. Now the just shall live by faith. So Hebrews teaches us, the next slide, the just shall survive by his faith. When times get hard, you need faith. Right? Now watch this. You have to have faith to come to Christ. The just shall live by faith. You were dead. The only way you can live is by faith. The just shall live by faith. Paul uses that as one context for this verse. And then in another passage, he used that the, the just shall live or practice his faith through this walk as we go day by day, year by year, living for the Lord. But when we get to Hebrews, this is where the heat's turned on. There might be persecution. There may be, well, floods and storms and difficulties and all kinds of problems. Everybody who's breathing here today has had problems. It rains on the just and the unjust and the sun shines on the just and the unjust. And we are not exempt from problems as Christians. So the just, that's us, if we're Christians and following the Lord, the just shall survive by his faith. When, when your house burns, Jimmy and Joni, when your house burns, I'll guarantee you they will admit that faith has brought them through. And, and you know what? I have to frankly say, I have not seen either one of them lose it since the day we stood there and watched that house burn. There just seemed to have been such a confidence that God's going to take care of this. And now they got a brand new one sitting on the same spot being built right now. Isn't that just like God? 
You need faith to survive when the heat is on. You need faith to survive when things aren't going well. And listen, it, it doesn't matter how many hurricanes hit the North Carolina coast and how many storm wind blows and how high the flood is going to get somewhere today. I will promise you that God is still God. He's sovereign and he's in control. And we need faith to survive even when times are very, very difficult. Now, we're going to end this, this sermon and this service today by singing a hymn together. I'm going to read the verses to this hymn, though, before we sing them. Because it's not that I want a song, it's that I want this message. I'm going to read it, and then I want you to sing it with me. I care not today what the morrow may bring, if shadow or sunshine or rain. The Lord I know ruleth o'er everything, and all of my worry is vain. Could you say amen to that? Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in his great love, in his arms safe, his sheltering arms. I'm living by faith and feel no alarm. Verse 2. Though tempest may blow and the storm clouds arise, obscuring the brightness of life. I'm never alarmed at the overcast skies. The max, the master looks on at the strife. He knows what's going on. Let's go to verse 3. I know that he safely will carry me through, no matter what evils betide. Why should I then care, though the tempest may blow, if Jesus walks close to my side? Our Lord will return to this earth some sweet day. Our troubles will then all be o'er. The master so gently will lead us away beyond that blessed heavenly shore. Sing that with me, would you? Let's stand and sing it. I care not today what the morrow may bring. If shadow or sunshine or rain, the Lord I know ruleth for everything, and all of my worry is vain. Living by faith in Jesus.
dismiss us in prayer and as he's coming I wanted to share this with you as we were singing. It dawned on me while we were singing how as we in our marriages as we go along year by year by year by year our relationship with our spouse becomes more settled, more sweet, more it just gets better gets better and as I was thinking about that, I, I thought about mom and dad over here. Don't they make a cute couple? Married 62 years today. Now that is, that is, that's good. That's a long time, isn't it? But that's kind of, that, that is, even the Bible uses that as an example of our relationship with the Lord. Marriage is, is an example of that. And 62 years, they know each other quite well. I'm sure. And as we walk with the Lord, we get to know Him better. And, and life gets sweeter and deeper and just a wonderful thing. 
and His grace, God's grace and faith will carry us through. At conversion, all through our lives, and even in times of crisis, He'll always be there. You can take that to the bank. God bless you, Brother Ron. If you have been blessed today, would you give a, a loud amen? Amen. In addition to saying thanks to the Lord, I want to say thanks to Leslie for that beautiful song that she did today. And she sang it with tears in her eyes. And she sang it with so much emotion that I was moved. And I looked around at other people, and I saw people wiping tears from their eyes. Isn't it good to have been in God's house today? Heavenly Father, truly we thank you. We were blessed to be in your presence today. And we pray that you have been accepting of our praise because we love you so much. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you care about us. Before the foundation of the world was laid, you knew and you cared and you loved. So we thank you. I ask you to go with us as we would leave this place today, that we would carry with us some of the things that our pastor has spoken to us about, that we would rely more upon our faith, and that we would be able to share not just our faith in Jesus Christ, but our love and admiration, and that we might be able to help someone along life's way. So, Father, I ask that you would go with us, lead us, and use us. And we'll give you the thanks for it all in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, Amen.